0: I'm Father Travis Crowdy, and I'm Father Shane Demon. We're coming to you from the basement hall at St. James Catholic Church in Lee Mars, Iowa. Welcome. It's good to be all. here. Absolutely. A Little nostalgic. We've got a little little cabinet over. It. What do you call? What do you call those little cabinets? Like a curio cabinet? Yeah, a curio cabinet a, with that's um, a thing. Yeah, yeah. I like this. I found these in the, um, the kitchen last night. There's these cups that actually say St. James. You see that right there in cursive can't see it. They're great. I I do see. I want to bring those back. Okay. Yeah, maybe we need to get some All Saints ones with the yeah, those are nice little coffee cups.
1: You know, here in Plymouth County at St. Joe's Church, St. James Church and St. Joe's in Ellendale, maybe yes. more churches, you do have some kind of displays of all the historical vestments, mm-hmm. you know, uh, former things used in liturgy. Right. Sometimes um,
0: I want to take things out and use them in current liturgy though, so Sure. We'll see if I hack some of that stuff out of there. But. Well, you, well, you go right ahead. You go right ahead. That's right. It's your stuff. It is. Father Shane, what have you been up to?
1: Well, we are recording just on the heels of the SEEK conference presented by Focus. Yeah. Great big national conference. In fact, international. Mm-hmm. I know, you, I think you had a group involved, if I'm not mistaken. In the same
0: church basement.
1: In the same room just, right here. Just your youth the other group day. was here. Mm-hmm. I know I had high school seniors down in Sioux City. We were tuning in. Uh, what a great experience.
0: Yeah, it was wonderful. It was obviously not the same as being there with like 20,000 Catholic college students. Right. Um, and for those who don't know, uh, Focus Ministries. Mm-hmm. Ministries, is that what they call it? Yeah. Yep. Focus Ministries was started by Curtis Martin and some other guys out of Benedictine College. What now? Like 20 some years ago, right? Probably 2025 by yeah. now. And yeah. And now you mostly see them at a lot of lot of uh, university campuses across the U.S. and now international too in some other countries. There are these missionaries. It's really beautiful. It kind of takes the idea of mission, what we normally think going to different country or maybe a third world country. And it takes it to really the place where mission is needed the most secular university campuses. Sure. And um, even some Catholic and some Catholic. Yeah. 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 Secular university. as I meant, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Catholic university campuses too. Um, and yeah, they, they really try to spread the gospel through discipleship ministry of leading Bible studies and inviting people into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And out of that has come this huge kind of series of conferences that this year was virtual.
1: Right. Um, we it were supposed wonderful. to be in St. Louis last month. Ah, gosh, St. Louis, we're, what a great place! To, yeah, we were supposed to your home away from home. We were supposed <laughs> to be in St. Louis last month, but they delayed it one month and put it online, mm-hmm. and uh, had great keynotes. You know, particularly in the evening sessions, kicking off with Sister Miriam Heidlin of mm-hmm. uh, uh, Bishop Robert Barron. Then we went into Doctor Edward Sree, mm-hmm. and then Immaculate, for one of the Rwandan genocide survivors. Yeah, yeah incredible story. I actually, yeah. preached about her this weekend. Did you? I nice. did. Yeah. Um. And then I know on Saturday morning, they had Dr. Reyes and Sister Bethany. Ah, yeah. Little and, kind of men's and women's sessions, yeah. Yeah. And then on Saturday night, the two major keynotes were...
0: Um, Woman from Denver. Um,
1: boy, I've just been talking about her. Wife. Father Mike
0: Schmitz after that. Yeah, She but, was wonderful. Um, Last name starts with a D. You'll think about it.
1: I will. Anyway, I've been quoting her because she was broadcasting from the University of Nebraska at Lincoln's Event yes. Center. yes. Did a great job. So... Mm-hmm. It was a great retreat or kind of an online conference experience. But interestingly, the talks for me didn't feel like a normal seat conference. Mm. Um, Tell me why. Well, I thought the talks were, um, well, my experience, and maybe it's because it's some of the breakout sessions that I've chosen to go to in the past, a lot of the breakout sessions have been helping college students figure out who they are and where they're at at this point in their life. Sure. And I felt like the talks this year were much more... um, theologically rich Mm. and very kind of Christological. Obviously Bishop Barron's was probably the most Christological, um, but much more focused on God and a little Mm. more deep. Mm. Um, But that might just be a response to the pandemic we're in. Yeah. You know, in the midst of challenges, in the midst of our, our, you know, all the the struggles that people have been going through, how do we just turn to the Lord and find his identity? And then within that, uh, how do we move forward in in greater solitude? Mm -hmm. Uh, or greater uh, solace, rather. So I, the talks did not go kind of the way I thought they were going to go, but I thought they did a great job, and my
0: my students I know responded very well. And yeah, likewise, it, it was it was beautiful to see how the students responded so strongly. I think to the how strongly Christological and focused on God it was, and really theological, because mm-hmm. it really called them to realize I want a deeper relationship with God. Mm-hmm. I need to take this to the next level. Um, so well done. Focus and well done. Seek. Yeah, Keep I doing think it was great a great job.
1: And shout out to anyone in Ohio listening to us. I know uh, Carissa Feldheim, a Bishop Healing grad. Ah, is Who that was where the, she's a missionary? I think so. She went on to the University of Iowa um, then joined Focus as a missionary. She was out at SEEK in Ohio somewhere. I got a text ah. message from her, and she said, oh, I met people at the SEEK conference here in Ohio in our small groups that listen to Outcast Catholics. What? So, So to hey. anyone in Ohio tuning in, shout out to you. Thanks for your support. I need to do a few more shout outs since we're on the, on the topic.
0: Yeah, well, I'll, I'll throw it out. I got a missionary friend, okay. Q, uh from Sac City here in Northwest Iowa, who's mm-hmm. a missionary at Fort Hayes State in Fort Hayes, Kansas. She was also putting a group together for SEEK, so shout out to I don't know if anybody at Fort Hayes listens to our podcast, but if you do, shout out to you. Excellent.
1: Um, to Skylar and Cruz, Brandon, Kelvin and Meatball down at Iowa State <laughs> hey, University. <Meatball. laughs> it's his nickname, and every he loves it, and everyone embraces it. That's great. Uh, they've got a great little fraternity house going down in Ames, and guys keep those rosaries going. Um, great little prayer group they have in their house. Also to Carter and Lizbeth tuning in also from the university of nebraska at omaha's newman center uno yes they're at uno Go
0: mavericks um healing grads shout out to all of you so hey oh yeah well you know father shane we are right on the cusp of a new liturgical season we are it's coming soon it's coming very soon and i thought i was just figuring out the christmas season turns out that was done Noob. and then you're a newbie aren't i'm a you? noob and then you get a little <laughs> a little sprinkle of ordinary time little Just sprinkle. A little taste little
1: taste of green vest back at it and yeah. uh, we
0: left our poinsettias up kind of like as a low-key move of like up, up until february 2nd got got the life out of those poinsettias okay good because i kind of had a little christmas in the background theme ordinary sure. time winter winter ordinary time is uh-huh. as, as we say and uh now lent is right around the corner
1: it's coming very soon. This will be your first Lent as a priest. Hopefully, I spend it in a
0: church rather than in my room. That'd be a good thing to do. Sorry, you got COVID oh, for Christmas. Gosh. Yeah, wah, what a great Christmas. Yes. yeah. Um, but that would actually be very like a penitential thing to just spend my the whole Lent in my room. So, hopefully. Well, you know, please you, God, that doesn't happen. Your antibodies
1: are kicking in. You'll hey, be fine. Oh yeah,
0: I've been riding high on those things. Yeah. Um <laughs> yeah, However, they work. Yeah. Uh, okay, Lent. We we use this word all the time, and right. it cues up. You know, maybe some thoughts of giving up chocolate or ice cream. Maybe it cues up the idea of ash smudge cross. Have you played Catholic card game before? Yes. Wow, I'm a big <laughs> fan. It's very, very, um, kind of like esoteric, and you need to have the right group to really get it. Right. But it's a game some couple made in Minnesota where it's 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 like some of the like apples to apples and Cards Against Humanity, but it's extremely Catholic. But right. one of the cards is an indistinguishable uh, ash Wednesday cross, which is funny. Right. Because it's just a little smudge. But there's all these things that come up. But I i don't think people know what Lent actually means. Other than fish fries? Other than fish Well, ooh, I can't believe I forgot about that. Well, I once in St. Louis, shout out to St. Louis again, saw a guy at a fish fry. They had lots of fish fries. There's like 30 some sure. parishes. Yeah, or there's I'm way, sure. more, way more than that. Uh, that guy had a shirt that just said keep calm and go to a fish fry. <laughs> <laughs> in a line cool. at a fish fry, wore that to the fish fry. Okay. It was great. Father Shane, what does the word Lent mean? Do you know? Putting you on the spot. Actually,
1: I can't think of it. I I mean, obviously, as an English word, it would be a little different than like the chōresma of um, kind of a Latin root, right? Um,
0: Turns out, it just means spring, springtime. Mm. That's where it comes from.
1: In what language? I think from. Give me the etymology. Father, I looked
0: it up. uh, You don't have it. I did look it up not that long ago, and it definitely does come from. I think the more of the Germanic side, sure, but it means springtime, which is is interesting because. It happens on the cusp of springtime, but then also offers us this opportunity to receive this springtime of the liturgical year, mm-hmm. right? the ultimate springtime of the resurrection. There's this interesting history with the church fathers that kind of places the creation of the world in spring, mm-hmm. and then also the death and resurrection of Jesus in the springtime. Mm-hmm. It's kind of this full cosmic circle that happens, but that's kind of where the, the word Lent comes from. But we're going to be kicking off Ash Wednesday in just a week. We are, um, which should be good to talk about.
1: Yeah, there is a. I know Pope Benedict has pointed this out. There is a beauty to the springtime renewal that comes Mm -hmm. from Lent, that comes to its culmination with the Easter mystery and the rising to new life. But to all of our listeners down in uh, south of the equator, and we do know there are some because they have reached out. Oh, um, welcome everybody. There's also a beautiful uh, reality that they go through in fall. Ah. They spend Lent in fall. And uh as the as the season turns colder, as the leaves fall off, depending on what climate they're in, uh, Lent takes on a very different meaning for them and it be, in that the austerity of it all mm. um kind of being stripped away of maybe the the splendor of this world mm. um takes on a whole new meaning south of the equator. Wow. But it,
0: it has its own richness. Right. You know. Well, yeah, and then the Eastern churches, my friends are Byzantine Catholics. Shout out to Christ's Bridegroom sisters, Sister Natalia. I was just on her podcast a few few weeks ago um, called What God Is Not Podcast. Anyways, they just call it the great fast. Mm-hmm. There's no fancy Lent Germanic word going on. It's just mm-hmm. called the great fast, mm-hmm. right? This time of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, whatever alms are, but giving, you know. To the poor. Time and treasure, right? Another weird English word. Right. Um, but ours, interestingly, the Roman church is the only church that starts off with Ash Wednesday, mm-hmm. right? They have different experiences of leading up to fasting season, but we have the glorious Fat Tuesday, Mardi Gras, and then Ash Wednesday, which is probably the most well-attended church service in the Catholic year.
1: It is. Let me give you a few tips as a new priest. Please tell me. Since you're a newbie. Uh, you will find kind of more fervor for people to get their ashes on Ash Wednesday than for the Sunday Eucharist. You That's know, right. like knocking on the door of the rectory eight o'clock at night on Wednesday. Oh, Father, I had to stay late at work. I, I missed Mass. Can I still get my ashes? Do you got a few left. G- give me my smudge. I need give my, me those ashes. I right? need my I need my badge of honor as I walk around the gas station. Yeah.
0: No, there is this. There. Yeah, it's like you don't really want to know be be you don't want people to know that you're catholic when the church isn't very popular in the news you don't really want to know people to know that you're catholic when i don't know it's not that cool but ash wednesday comes around you are more catholic than the pope right walking around <laughs> with those ashes but here's the thing and this is going to make everybody really mad so i'm sorry for making you mad it turns out and maybe i got maybe fact check me if i'm wrong but you you've lived in other countries it turns <coughs> out that the, the whole ash smudge in the forehead is almost exclusively an American experience. yes yeah. is this, is this we correct?
1: Are, we are a minority in how we now, celebrate now Ash I Wednesday. Now, I
0: told some I told some students this recently, and the, I mean their jaw. I had to scrape their jaws off the floor. Outrage! I mean, they're outraged. <laughs> it's like the most important thing about being a Catholic, besides getting those free palms on Palm Sunday, right. is getting those ashes. Yeah, you get your ash in church.
1: Yeah, no, we, um, we are a minority with actually wearing it on our foreheads.
0: And this is important, right? Because, okay, so this is what you might see, depending where you're listening from. Yes, for COVID. Next year for COVID, okay? Mm -hmm. This is what has been recommended. People are going to get really upset, but there's a precedent, and more of the Catholic world does it the way I'm about to describe, than we are used to receiving them as a smudge on our foreheads, right? They're sprinkled atop your head, Mm -hmm. right? And this is actually really beautiful, because this goes back to the Old Testament, if you ever look in the Old Testament, these these like mourning periods that the people of Israel had, sackcloth and ashes were often the sort of go-to ways of fasting. Mm-hmm. We just had a reading from Job in the liturgy recently, and not Job, but Job, and Job in this story, I mean, at some point when he's mourning the, the death and loss of his family, he sits... In ashes. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's burning fires all over the place in the ancient world. They didn't have electric lights, so there's ashes all over the place. And this idea of just sort of sitting, not doing anything with sackcloth doesn't feel very good. It's like the worst clothes you would have in your closet, I guess. Right. Sackcloth dress or whatever. Right. And then ashes on your forehead, on your head, this kind of sign of ultimate um, grief. Mm-hmm. And it's an outward sign to everybody around that this is what I'm experiencing right now, and this is what I'm going through. That's how we choose to start this season of intense preparation for the Paschal Mystery, the Passion, Death, and Resurrection of Jesus Christ.
1: Right. So this year, because, you know, with the uh, liturgical recommendations to have a contactless, you know, less than reducing physical touch on Ash Wednesday, um, I think most people are going to experience this sprinkling on their forehead and not a smudge on the, or excuse me, a sprinkling on the crown of the head head and not... um, and not a, a smudge on the forehead, which is fine. We
0: can. We can- I joked and said, I told some people. I said, you can reach up and smudge it on your forehead yourself if you want. But that's just the reality. You can pull the like- ashes out of your hair and smudge yeah. it anywhere you want, all over your face, if you want people to know. And you know, I'm kind of bummed because I just. Uh, I just received a pair of socks. I don't know if you've heard of these sock religious socks. Oh, you, yeah. They're very popular. popular. Well, well I can't say that I do, but well, we'll some, of the, get you some, yeah. some of the seminarians
1: <laughs> do. They like, yeah. they wear their pure Georgia Frasati oh, socks. Oh, yeah. They're really, too. really proud.
0: And I yeah. don't know how ostentatious I want to be with these socks, but somebody gave me Ash Wednesday ones. Ooh. So they're purple socks okay. with little tiny ash cro- crosses all over the socks. Oh, It's a little false advertisement, though, if I wear it this year, because just a little sprinkle. Right. But... This is what I think is helpful to realize as we're entering this time of Lent, springtime, right? You are dust, and to dust you shall return. Mm -hmm. Remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. That's one of the options to be said as the ashes are sprinkled on your head or put on your forehead. Or repent and believe in the gospel. And that is given as this kind of like charge as we begin this intense season of preparation Mm -hmm. to celebrate the most important reality of our faith, Mm -hmm. Paschal Mystery. And... These signs and symbols are meant to not just be this kind of hoop to jump through when we go to church as Catholics, but to actually help us enter into the mystery even more uh, tangibly. Right. right, and I think Catholics, especially in the U.S. right now, the liturgical life that the Church offers isn't found in all of our uh, all of the denominations of our Protestant brothers and sisters. They do a lot of things well; preaching's great, music is great, so often, but the signs and symbols that we have, these ancient signs and symbols that in this case goes back to the beginning of really the people of Israel mm-hmm. and just kind of ancient uh, ways of experiencing fasting um, are all meant to draw us deeper into this reality. Okay. So I say that because remember you are dust and the dust you shall return probably should evoke something more than, well, then I guess I'll give up chocolate. Mm-hmm. Right. Remember your dust and dust you shall return is to remember that you're going to die. Memento mori, mm-hmm. and that that should be probably more readily on all of our minds now, af, as this whole pandemic has been going on. Physical health has been on everybody's mind, right? And our mortality has been in our face, as so many have died around the world, or so many have been sick, or so many have been afraid of dying, or things mm-hmm. like that. There's this reminder that's always so so powerful when people walk around with those ash crosses because they love to get them and show, yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not made for this world. I'm made for the the world to come. And that's what I'm preparing for.
1: I think there's something really beautiful in this fervor in which Catholics really want to get their ashes on Ash Wednesday. Mm. Um, Yes, I know some priests and deacons you know, and parish staff members kind of joke about it, like, oh, they all want to come get their ashes on Ash Wednesday, but they don't always come to the Eucharist on Sunday, the far more precious (laughs) gift. But there is something, I think, beautiful, because I think deep down this reality that you're speaking of touches... uh, a deep sensibility within people. Mm. I I think there is, whether consciously or subconsciously, an awareness of people that they do know of their own mortality. Mm -hmm. They do know that they need to repent. Mm -hmm. They do know that when uh, Ash Wednesday rolls around and it's the season of Lent, I think there's something in in the dutiful sense of conscience that it uh, kind of evokes this sense of, boy, boy, do I need repentance in my life? Mm -hmm. You know, I need to get, my crap together and start working on my inner self and my relationship with the Lord. Right. I do think there's something beautiful in that. And even if people are just clamoring to go get their ashes on Ash Wednesday, I don't think, I don't think there's a lot of people who do this out of vanity. No, you're like, yeah. I'm going to just look like a Catholic
0: on one day a year so I can have my ashes on my forehead and blend in. Weird purple socks with ash crosses might be vanity. Right. Real ashes <laughs> on your head. Probably not vanity. Right. right. Because it is, a, it is a moment of real humility. Yeah. Yeah, I think there is and, and as secularism
1: continues to grow, not necessarily this year with the sprinkling of ashes on the crown of the head, but as secularism continues to grow in the coming years, walking around on Ash Wednesday and subsequent years with a big cross on your forehead, it does promote a conversation. Mm-hmm. It does prompt um you know, a lot of discussions They're like, what do you have on your forehead? Did you not shower this morning? Well, no, I actually do, you know, enjoy hygiene, but right. this is what my religion yeah. practices yeah, yeah, yeah. today. And I do think that there is this sense within Catholics to know, like, I'm growing when I'm in a season of repentance. Right. I'm growing in virtue. I am getting over myself. I am finding the Lord, and I'm trying to walk as a disciple and turning away from sin in whatever level one might be capable of at that point in their life. I do think that is deeply ingrained within Catholics. Mm -hmm. And you can call it, you know, the good old Catholic guilt, uh, but, but I don't think it's something that we should be cynical about. I, I do think that the the call of repentance does strike a deep spiritual nerve within us, which can be beautiful
0: right. and prompt a really rich season. Right. And my hope would be, and uh, what I've experienced myself, is that the more you kind of like allow the liturgical life of the church to wash over you and really be steeped in it, the more you can receive what it has. We talked about this at Advent time, but so, so we don't want Advent just to, like the only sign and symbol that affects us is the Advent wreath. Likewise in Lent, we don't want the only sign and symbol of the church to affect us to be these ashes, because it's beautiful, but it stops with that first day. And we have to wait these seven or so weeks until Easter. Just like Advent, though, the church's texts that have been written down over centuries, and the scripture that has been very, very intentionally appropriated to each day of the year, each Sunday especially. Everybody's so excited right now, uh, hopefully still, about Father Mike Schmidt's Bible in a Year podcast, right? That's what the church has done, is that it it gives us access to the scriptures over these different cycles of readings. So I just encourage everybody to take that, that step of Ash Wednesday that we love so much, and entering into this this time of celebration and mystery that we can then listen to these texts and receive what they have. Mm -hmm. So if that means looking up um, on the internet to find the readings for mass to prepare, or especially those prayers, the collect prayer, the opening and closing prayers, those help us to enter more deeply and to understand when we show up at church, what are we actually praying about? What are we praying for?
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The collect prayers are gorgeous. And, you know, everyone always hears Father say at the beginning of Mass, let us pray. And And then then you you
0: just look at the sky or look at the ceiling for a bit.
1: Yeah, and then, okay, finally, we get to sit down and listen to the first reading. Who's the lector today? Oh, that lector. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, no, no. Listen to the colics. What is the church universally praying? Because at every Mass, at every altar worldwide, the church with one united voice is praying a particular theme as this very sacred pilgrimage, this journey throughout the Lenten season culminates with Holy Week. Notice those colics, those those collective prayers in which we gather all the voices of the church in one common theme throughout that liturgical celebration. I think that's going to be helpful to really guide their, their spiritual growth and their prayer right. throughout the season.
0: Absolutely. So make sure to get your ashes next week, wherever they end up on your head. Right. And lean into the season of Lent, the season of preparation, the season of coming closer to the Lord. Thanks for tuning in. Send your questions and comments to outcastcatholic at gmail.com. Catch you next time, and God bless.